You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is Recode Media with Peter Kafka. That is me coming to you live on tape from Vox Media headquarters in New York City. This is not an emergency pod because we're, what, a day and a half after the event, but it's a, we thought we should talk to you about this pod, about Spotify and The Ringer and the podcasting industry. I'm here with my producer and special guest host, Zach Mack. Welcome, Zach. What's going on, Peter? Um, should we just do the disclosures right now? Yes, we should. In addition to you being an awesome dude, a great producer, you are also a Ringer veteran. You made podcasts at The Ringer, so we definitely want to bring your insight here. Yeah, I produced podcasts for them for two years and left a little over a year ago. Okay, good. Um, other disclosures we should note, I like The Ringer. I've had a bunch of The Ringer guys on. Oh, oh there's a Vox Media Ringer uh, relationship. The Ringer uses Vox Media's chorus publishing software to publish their website. I think we're done. Let's get to the news. And you broke this news. Technically, I broke it. Uh, yesterday, uh, as everyone listening to this podcast knows, Spotify said they're going to buy The Ringer. Price not yet announced. We're guessing it's in the $200 million-ish plus range than an analyst report. Um, it'll close soon. And the deal is they're going to bring the entire staff over. They're going to keep the website up and running. But obviously, what they're doing is buying a podcast company. Which is a huge relief to the staff. There was a lot of concerns online about that's the Ringer staff. About, yeah, about what Spotify was buying and whether they were just buying the podcast network, but it looks like they're buying the entire writing staff and all the editors they, and the fact checkers. That is what the they're doing. Team. That is what they said they're doing. Which is great. That's it's great that people get to keep their jobs. And it's interesting, right? It's interesting that Spotify is now a web publisher. Lots of books don't want to be in the web publishing business and Spotify now is. We can talk more about that, but let's, let's talk about podcasting, why Spotify is buying the Ringer, why the Ringer wants to sell. So, Zach, you have some insight on, on at least the second question. Why would Bill Simmons want to sell a company he founded four or five years ago? By all accounts, is doing very well. I think it was profitable. Why would he want to sell it to Spotify? To make a bunch of money? That's a good answer. <laughs> like, yeah, he's going to make a bunch of money off this deal, which, you know, that's, that's great. He gets to be a millionaire more times over. If you're doing the math here, it's the one investor that we know of, and I think it's the only investor they said they have, is it's HBO. I think HBO did not put in a lot of money. Um, so HBO will make a little bit of money. They don't care about that. And then Bill Simmons, I think, owns almost all of the company. Yeah. And he gets to, as he indicated on Twitter, continue to run the ringer as he likes to run the ringer. It, it's, he said it, it wasn't going to change. So you would assume that they are continuing to give him like editorial oversight. So he's, he's not going to be bothered the way he was at ESPN. He gets to partner with a huge brand that has a lot of money and that is very serious about making waves in the podcast space. You got to believe that that is going to continue to propel the ringer. They'll probably get better resources and have more outreach and just have to do a little less of the legwork on their own. 
Yeah, maybe. By the way, we, I went through this with my boss, uh, Jim Bankoff, when he came here to tell me why he'd bought New York Media. Nothing's going to change. Things always change when you buy a company. Um, that's just the nature of the beast. Sometimes you think that and, and say that. Sometimes you don't think that. It happens anyway. Things always change. It never stays the same. And in terms of Spotify getting, well, they've already been in podcasting. A year ago, basically, they bought Gimlet. Um, since then, they have bought Parcast and a company called Anchor. Um, this is their fourth deal, so they're at about $400 million before uh, the Spotify deal, so they're getting $600-ish million. I asked Daniel Eck if he was going to buy more stuff, and he did not say no. So I think he's looking at some other stuff. And this is a company that was not really in podcasting a year ago. What do you think Spotify is getting from The Ringer? So the, the line that Daniel Eck told me, he's the CEO of Spotify, and then repeated four or five times, is he's buying the new ESPN. And everyone sort of winced about that. And it's also kind of funny since Bill Simmons had worked at ESPN. He's buying someone he thinks makes a lot of good sports content. He thinks sports content is under appreciated on, on Spotify and probably uh, in podcasting in general. They're good at making all kinds of podcasts. He likes the idea that there's a website that sort of helps generate ideas for the podcast and then went on to say a bunch of other nice things about Bill Simmons. I, a little bit of a head scratcher about why they need to keep buying these uh, podcast creation companies. Um, there's certainly ways to work with a ringer if you're Spotify without actually buying the company. And they were working with ringer. They have a Spotify exclusive show called The Hottest Take. Spotify is also getting a big-ass podcast network with access to a ton of really creative people. The Ringer is one of the few podcast networks out there that has consistently proven its ability to make a hit by using their personalities. And they've also now have a pretty good track record of partnering with big names outside of their shop. So people like Dave Chang and Larry Wilmore and J.J. Reddick and Vince Carter all have shows with The Ringer. But The Ringer's also very successful at using their own staff to churn out a ton of content and make hit shows. Shows like Binge Mode, shows like The Watch, shows like The Rewatchables. These shows pull big numbers and they, they generate a lot of revenue, especially as like they indicated in the Wall Street Journal article, like what they're pulling in every year. I think they said they're doing $15 million, uh, a couple of years ago. That number could be higher today. One of the big questions everyone had immediately, besides how much are they paying for this thing, is what's going to happen to my favorite Ringer podcast? Do I have to go to Spotify to listen to it? Do I have to become a Spotify subscriber to listen to it? Spotify hasn't answered that question directly, but they basically sort of cleared their throat and nudged and winked and said, you know, look, they've all but said they're not going to go behind a paywall. It's also would be a terrible idea just from a business perspective to take really popular podcasts and remove them from people who are already listening to them. So what everyone sort of assumes is going to happen is if you like listening to the Bill Simmons show or the Rewatchables or whatever it is, good news, you get to keep listening to it, and whether you're listening to it on Apple or Overcast or anything else. And what they will probably do is then make some Spotify exclusive shows over time. Yeah. And you, if you also look at the history in them buying Gimlet, they buy Gimlet. Everybody freaks out about, is Reply All going to be put behind yep. a paywall? You know, that deal went down about a year ago. Reply All is not behind a paywall. Anyone can access it anywhere, including on Apple Podcasts. They did throw Crimetown behind a paywall, and that did not work for them. So it doesn't seem like the best move anyway. Right. So I think the logic for Spotify here is we take the popular shows, we make them, they go out everywhere. What we can do is when you're list, if you do happen to listen to those popular shows on Spotify, and we hope you do come listen to them on Spotify, we're going to get develop this new ad targeting technology. We can make more money when you listen to it on Spotify. Um, and eventually, maybe over time, we can actually take this ad technology and move it around the web and 
we become sort of like a Facebook of podcast advertising. That's that's a ways down the road. Right now, uh, Spotify is spending money on podcasting, not making money from podcasting business. Right. And what do you think that this means for the larger landscape of podcasts? What does this move mean for them? It's pretty interesting because, as far as I can tell, there was not a bidding war for The Ringer. I think for all these deals, it's not it's not like the streaming wars where you've got AT&T versus Apple versus Amazon, and they're all going after the same projects and the same creators, and some of them move to Netflix and some of them stay with HBO Max. I think Spotify is really sort of the only major buyer right now. There are a handful of other deals. I can almost remember them. Um, I can also count them off on one hand. A company called Entercom bought something called Cadence 13 that we used to work with. And Pineapple, Clear Channel slash iHeartMedia bought How Stuff Works a couple years ago. There's not a lot of else going on. Uh, Sony is doing a deal with Adam Davidson, who was on this podcast earlier. But there's not yeah, a yeah. there's not a land grab for this stuff. Um, the people who are grabbing the land are Spotify, but they're kind of out by themselves. Yeah, yeah. It seems like they are the giant in the room. It, we have not seen Apple hop into the buying up podcast network game yet, and they seemingly would be the other the other entity to do it. Yeah, I've talked to people at Apple about this. I. I I'd be very surprised if that changed. The Apple perspective, I've written this a few times now, they like podcasting. They think it's cool. They're glad that people listen to podcasts on Apple products. They'd like them to continue doing that. They don't think it's a business for them. They think podcasting as an industry is too small. I mean, Apple is in the billions of dollars a year business. That's what makes something interesting to them. They're spending all, all their time working on TV right now. Um, and also, they don't really like the business model for podcasts, which is ad-based. And to be good at ads in, in this In digital media means you need to know a lot about people and then basically sell that information to advertisers. That's how Google and Facebook work. That's what Spotify wants to be able to do. Apple can't do that because they've said they don't like that business philosophy. So you are going to see Apple do some exclusive deals to make podcasts, but those are going to be to promote Apple TV shows. Again, that could all change. They could decide one day that they want to be in this business after all. But right now, they do not look like they want to be in this business. Not in the same way that Spotify does. Right. You see these moves as something that makes sense for Spotify at the moment? I think it's a good bet for Spotify. If they're right and podcasting becomes a much bigger business, they have built themselves a lead. Um, there's also a, a logic, a business logic internally at Spotify. Their, their core business is the music business. That business involves them giving 60 to 70 cents of every dollar they get to the music labels. That's really not going to change. They're sort of stuck in this relationship with the labels. Um, podcasting could have much better margins, whether or not Spotify owns the podcast or not. Obviously, if they own them, it's even better. Um, and that's a way for Spotify to sort of shape up its overall profit and loss statement. And even though $600 million is a lot of money, if it turns out that Spotify was terribly wrong about all this and podcasting doesn't really work out, it was a bet worth taking. And if the rest of their business is okay, they can sort of recover from this. Yeah. And when you when you survey the landscape, now that Gimlet's off the table, Pineapple's off the table, now the Ringer's off the table, who else is left to buy? I'm going to flip that around to you because you are the podcast experts. Who else? Well, who else when is I interesting think about it, yeah, I mean, I think Wondery. Wondery is like the most viable company when you, when you, and they've they've really positioned themselves. Tell our listeners what Wondery makes. Wondery makes like a lot of true crime stuff. So if you've ever heard the podcast Dirty John or Doctor Death, those were made by Wondery. Those are their big hits. And Wondery's Dirty really, Death, John <laughs> the Doc. These are all good. Yeah, and yeah, they're all like very true crimey. And Wondery's been very good at one being able to generate big hits 
and two, being able to spin their content into film and TV. That's really their model, is they won't make something unless it can be a TV show or a movie. That's a tough model, though. Uh, and by the way, Don Ostroff, who heads up content at Spotify and is doing these podcast deals, that was her old job at Condé Nast, was trying to turn Condé Nast things into movies. Saying you want to do that is great. Making it happen is really hard. And then actually seeing money from that stuff is really hard. Um, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. It's not a bad thing to happen. It's a weird business model. By the way, Spotify, when they bought Parcast, they got themselves into true crime. Um, Crooked is another company that Crooked is Media. a small shop that yep. it seems like it could be bought, but you're also buying into politics. That's Crooked Media. That's that's uh, John Favreau and uh, John Lovett. Yeah, Pod Save America, yep. Love It or Leave It. All these the, are all guys those. that were hatched at at the Ringer. At by the, the Ringer, way. they were there when I first got there. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you about the Ringer and podcasts and what makes what is what is that, what has the Ringer figured out. And who's doing it there about podcasting? Bill Simmons himself has been into podcasting for a long time. He developed a following, but this is more than just Bill making a popular podcast. What about that team allows them to be successful? Well, first of all, I think you should understand that Bill was podcasting before anybody else was. He's also really good. He has a great eye for talent, and people at The Ringer are really creative and really smart. I think their whole vibe is we're your smartest friend at the bar. So they're talking about all of the things you're having conversations with, you know, at the bar with your friends, you know, they're talking about your favorite TV shows, they're talking about your favorite movies, they're talking about tech stuff, they're talking about The Bachelor, but they're just smarter. <laughs> you know, they're just better at doing it. There is a bit of the the Howard Stern thing, which is a not the shock jock part of it. Does anyone say shock jock anymore? It's the idea that there's a crew of people that you that are become part of the show. It's not just what they're saying or who the guest is. You have relationships yeah. with the team of people, right? So I don't know who the Baba Booey or Robin is at, at, the, totally. at the Ringer, but they sort of do have that sort of interchange. There's sort of a core group of people who are making a bunch yeah. of those, right? Yeah, absolutely. They become, they become like your close personal friends, and they've done a really good job at developing people like Mallory Rubin, Sean Fennessy, Jason Concepcion, Chris Ryan, all, you know, all those people who do a ton of podcasts there and they are extremely well liked and like increasingly well known and they are prolific <laughs> when it comes to making podcasts. I think that's another thing is The Ringer just makes so much. There's not a ton of people there. They're churning out so much content. So you have a lot of those people who I mentioned are on multiple shows and they're doing, you know, multiple shows and episodes a week. Bill Bill himself churns out three episodes of the Bill Simmons podcast every week, and then he also hops on Rewatchables, and then maybe he shows up on a couple other shows. So they're putting out so much content, and I think another thing is, another value proposition is they're often there when you need it. So, for example, the Super Bowl was last weekend. Hours after the Super Bowl ended, Bill had a podcast up talking about the Super Bowl. So if you wanted to kind of dissect that or hear his take on it, you had it almost immediately. And he's, he's like very good at that. So it's sports talk radio, right? You mm -hmm. don't need to wait another day. You just turn on the radio. They're talking about the game that just ended. But it's for more than just sports. Right. Like they have it for the Oscars. So you mentioned a bunch of people who make podcasts. Um, there's about 90 people working at The Ringer. A lot of them work on the website and don't make podcasts from what I can tell. What do you think happens with those folks? They're, get, they're going to Spotify. What do you think becomes of that website? How do you think that fits into The Ringer's plans, Spotify's plans? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really not privy to their plans. I have no idea. Obviously, I used to work with all those people. They're extremely talented and very intelligent, and I want the best for them. I want them to have 
a stake in what they make. I want them to have 401ks and I want them to continue to have a job. They're, they're awesome people. And they make so much great stuff that I'm, I'm hoping that there is a world in which they can continue to make great stuff at the website they currently work on. And maybe Spotify just amplifies their voice. You know, I think the interesting thing was when Mike, the CEO of Anchor, came in right after Anchor got bought by Spotify, the line he kept saying was, the reason we took this deal is because Spotify is going to give us superpowers. And I think best case scenario... I, I heard Daniel X <laughs> say that to me yesterday. This must be a line he yeah. uses in the chats. So it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe that's a company line, but best case scenario, Spotify gives the ringer superpowers and suddenly they have access to audience and analytics and resources that they haven't had before and their staff is like well compensated and well taken care of in doing so. Hooray, I like that scenario. Um, Fingers crossed. That'd be really good. Um, you know, and I, again, I asked Daniel Eck about this. You guys don't know. You, up until now, you haven't owned a publishing company. I think there was a thought that they might have been in the bidding for Rolling Stone a year or so ago. You could sort of see why it would be useful for a music streaming company to also have some out, way to push out stuff on the web. Um, you can also see how that would create conflicts, right? Yeah. If you're going to review a record or talk about a, an artist that's got to deal with Spotify, is that going to get sticky? They can figure out those problems down the road. What What are our big takeaways from this deal? What, do you, what are you thinking about for the next week or so when you're thinking about The Ringer and Spotify? When I'm thinking about podcasts, I look around at the landscape and I think, okay, who's left? Who's independent and not already been bought? Because it seems like these companies are getting bought, right? We saw Pineapple, we saw Gimlet, now we see The Ringer and, and several others. Neon Hum just made a deal. So it's kind of like, who's left? And you start to realize, like, oh, there's actually not that many, there's not that many podcast networks. There's not that many big-time podcast networks. And NPR is not going to get bought, you know? I don't think This American Life is going to get what bought. What about the Vox Media Podcast Network? <laughs> I have no idea. You would know a lot more than I would. I, I, it seems like a fine place to work, i got to say that. It's great, and we're making great stuff. Um, I think this is all very exciting for podcast makers. It's, I think it's exciting for podcast listeners. Um, we still don't know how the, the industry is going to shake out. We're not sure if this is going to continue to be an ad-supported medium, if people are going to pay for it, um, how any of that stuff is going to work. But I do think it's quite obvious that audio on demand is a thing. It's not going away. Um, so some version of this is going to be our future. Yeah. And I can just say as a podcast producer myself, someone who is reliant on this industry to pay the bills, when I showed up in New York in 2014, to have a job as a podcast producer was like barely a thing. Like unless you worked at WMYC or maybe NPR, that like, those were the only games in town. And a lot of times people were were stuck in like a per diem cycle where they weren't, you know, they weren't salaried, they didn't have healthcare. And it was just a really difficult time to be a podcast producer. So now you see all these private and independent companies popping up. Hiring all the people who work at WNYC and, and NPR, by the and way. Hiring up all the public radio people like myself. Suddenly we have 401ks and salaries and, and things are going very well. It is boom time for podcast producers. If you live in Los Angeles, if you live in New York, there are jobs. Now, there was a version of this with video a few years ago where if you could cut and edit and produce video, you were highly in demand, less so now because that Facebook-inspired video boom is over. I, you know, maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid that you're serving up here, but I don't think the podcast business is the same way. First of all, it's much smaller. You know, we're t again, we're talking about um, 
Spotify spending maybe $600 million on four companies. That's a lot of money in podcasting land. By big media, it's nothing. That's two or three failed blockbusters, which come out all the time. Right? The movie industry routinely screws this stuff up. Now, the flip side is when the movie industry hits it, they make billions of dollars. That's the trade. But even if podcasting, you know, even if the bubble deflates, it's not that much money going out the door. Yeah. Okay. You I would know better than I. I hope our bosses are listening to this. <laughs> um, thank you to you guys for listening to this. Thanks to Zach Mack for hopping on the mic instead of just yelling at me about my job. I thank appreciate you. it. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> See you soon. 